What's up, geeks? My name is Kev, and I'd like to fang you very much for joining us for the Geek-Centric Podcast. Today, we're clocking in for our spoiler-free review of Day Shift. Everyone pisses themselves the first time. The movie will be swooping in on Netflix on August 12th, but we're here with our early thoughts to let you know if this movie is worth sinking your teeth into or if watching it is a mistake. Get it? Like a like a steak? Yeah. Uh, okay, a, yes. <laughs> a huge thanks to Netflix Canada for shooting this one over to us early. Before we get started, if you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geek-Centric, a podcast focusing on the world of TV, movies, games, toys and collectibles, and all things Geek-Centric. Of course, I could never slice necks and cash checks on my own. Joining me on the program, they're looking good and sounding fine. When I look at them, I see big old dollar signs. J-Law, Nate, how are we doing, gentlemen? Are we ready to load up on wooden stakes and silver bullets and do this shit like some modern-day Van Helsing? Yo, I got I got some garlic bombs that I'm ready to just drop. Let's let's go. What let's are you saying, thing. Kevin? What are you saying? You're saying you're going to <laughs> steal my teeth? Is that what you are saying <laughs> to me? After all these years? Uh, this is, is, I'm doing a little uh, bit more of a, what we do in the shadows vampire. I sure, think, but. sure, sure. I thought you were going for uh, maybe one of the brothers that uh, we meet okay. at one point in the film. Yeah, 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 bro. yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. Come on. yeah bro, bro. All I yeah, know is yeah. garlic bombs are something I would definitely use in the kitchen, and therefore I think I would be just naturally immune to vampires. Dude, a garlic bomb sounds <laughs> delicious. Like That sounds like an appetizer at like a... Uh, where where would you get a garlic bomb? I guess like uh, Eastside Mario's. Go to Eastside Mario's. Boom, bada garlic bomb, bada bing. I you like it. I like it. Or uh, <laughs> Sarah and I have always wanted to open up a restaurant called I I I, and uh, I is French for garlic, and so it would just everything would just be loaded to the gills. You wouldn't be able to go into work the next day after eating at our restaurant <laughs> for many for more than one reason. I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, today, as I've mentioned, we are here to have a spoiler-free discussion about the movie equivalent of if Dracula killed John Wick's dog. Uh, and that kind of makes sense when you know who, who made the movie and everything like that. This all-new action comedy is set in sunny L.A., which may seem like an odd setting for a vampire flick, but again, it all makes sense once you've seen the movie. Uh, the, the movie, uh, in a nutshell, is uh, about Bud Jablinski, a blue-collar dad hoping to provide a good life for his daughter Paige and to stay in the good graces of his estranged wife Jocelyn. His mundane San Fernando Valley pool-cleaning job is a front for his real source of income, hunting and killing vampires. Since being thrown out of the more lucrative International Union of Vampire Hunters for code violations, Jablonski has been making a living selling fangs to black market buyers. But when Jocelyn threatens to move Paige to Florida due to financial concerns, Bud has to make money fast and asks to be reinstated in the union with the help of his vampire hunting pal, Big John. Hard-ass union boss Seeger agrees on the condition that Bud is babysat by, nerdy, by a nerdy union rep. But when Bud pisses off the most dangerous vampire in Southern California, she seeks vengeance on Bud and everyone in his world. Day Shift was directed by J.J. Perry and stars Jamie Foxx, Dave Franco, Carla Souza, Megan Good, Natasha Liu Bordizzo, Steve Howey, Scott Atkins, Oliver Masusi, Zion, uh, Zion Broadnax, and Snoop Dogg himself. 
Now, uh, before we get started, director J.J. Perry said that uh, the vampire films such as The Lost Boys and Fright Night were big inspirations for him when making the movie. Uh, Mm -hmm. He even mentioned Zombieland. Uh, that often came up during development. And I totally got vibes of that throughout the film. You've got your grizzled expert hunter, either Woody Harrelson or Jamie Foxx, teaming up with the nervous, less experienced sidekick who's a stickler for rules, either Jesse Eisenberg or Dave Franco, in a movie that kills fabled supernatural villains in fun and creative ways. Um, Were there any other films or TV shows that you guys could see as inspiring this movie? Well, a hundred percent. I think John Wick is is very much the the sort of level of even just close hand to hand combat styling uh, with guns incorporated. I thought that was that was very much that. Or even just a little Bayham. Uh, there's there's a moment. It feels a little bit more epic in scope, and it's it's towards the middle, just with some drones and stuff like that. And it felt very uh, Michael Bay in terms of the the action scale. But it was done better than what Michael Bay did in Ambulance uh, this past year with a lot of heavy FPV. Yeah, I think that th- this this cleverly just brings together stuff that's already been done to just kind of tell a new story with some new characters. I think that's very much what you're hinting at. And I like that it's they're not hiding from that. They know that they're not necessarily reinventing the wheel here. They're just, you know, riffing on, on a theme or, or, or riffing on a story that, that has been done before, but doing it their own way with Again, the choreography and the action was was stellar. Yeah, they even managed to sneak in some a little bit of Fast and the Furious as well uh, in the movie. Which, again, if like if you've looked up JJ uh, Perry on IMDb, uh, he's the stunt coordinator for all these movies that we're talking about with John Wick and Fast and the Furious, Warrior, The Rundown. Um, I I think it's it's funny because I think. You know, Justin, you and I were talking off air and you're like, yeah, a lot of good John Wick-esque action. And I actually I think the the action is more creative uh, than a lot of the stuff we've seen in John Wick. I think the the ways in which they they kill these uh, I was going to say zombies, but um, I mean, they might as well be for some of the parts of this movie. But uh, the vampires, I think, is extremely creative and i do think that is the peak of the movie for me i think that was uh that's that's worth the the watch if you will um for it's going to be worth the watch for for a lot of people um there's about you know there's a lot more of the movie though it is it is what is it like two hours runtime and i thought that felt a little bit stretched out between uh between moments i think the pacing could have been a little better but um yeah the action in this movie is is definitely worth watching, even if you're watching a super cut of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for sure. I mean, there there were certainly uh, some elements that uh, you could almost you could almost tell that they were just stretching out the film so they could get to the next sort of big action set piece, uh, and that's that's right. often a problem that um, that these types of movies fall into. But I think I think what what this movie had. Um, that some of the the other movies uh, don't in this case uh, was endearing characters or characters that you were rooting for and some really mm-hmm. well earned humor. Uh, I really found it fascinating uh, that Jamie Foxx and Dave Franco did a lot of improvisation um, on the film itself and and really gave it a life of 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 their own there. And you could really tell that the two had some great chemistry. I really enjoyed them on screen together. 
I think that's one of the highlights of, of what worked on top of the action and choreography is their dynamic in this world. Uh, I think that they, they played off of each other really, really well. Their characters are written really poorly, very thin, not much detail to them other than just simple stakes of who they are. Like they, they seem so much like they're just pulled out of the tent pole of movies that we've already referenced and just plopped here, but it's portrayed by Jamie Foxx and Dave Franco. And, and yeah, their, their chemistry really, really worked. The side characters again, the, the, the villains, not necessarily, again, written very loosely and not flushed out. But, you know, again, coming back to Franco and, and, and Jamie, they carry this for sure. And I think that's that's maybe um, as far as a narrative it's concerned. I think that's one of the, my, my biggest issues with it is how, how thin it is. While at the same time, you can tell that they're doing the admirable thing of putting you in a world without having to overtly explain every single detail about it. I did enjoy that aspect about it. I enjoyed that this was an established world to the point where like leaving this movie, I kind of felt like I could, I could actually see that in a series. I could see that in a, in an ongoing Netflix show even uh, of this sort of idea of this union of vampire uh, killers and, and what have you. I think that's a, a great idea for, for a, a, you know, a mini series or what have you, maybe nothing too long, but I, I will say, to your point, the thinness of of the the characters, I think that's what I would have loved to have overtly explained a little bit more is their relationships with each other could have been a little bit more fleshed out. And I definitely think for Natasha Leo Bordizo's character of Heather, uh, we get a 30 second moment setting her up that barely even feels like a moment. And then she's supposed to be something more important later on uh, at the tail end of the film. And it just really fell flat to the point where you're like, why didn't they use the hour in between the first action scene and the second action scene in this two hour long movie to do a better job of establishing those yeah. relationships to give us yeah. a little bit more time with Jamie Foxx and his daughter, I think would have been great. Cause I think she's fantastic. I think their chemistry was, was, was really fun in, in the movie as well. And I think there could have been a little bit more there to make me care uh, about these characters a little bit more. And again, I get it. Like, look at the movie that we're talking about, right? Like, I, I understand it's it's an action comedy popcorn movie. But at the same time, I don't think that that should take away from the fact that there are other action popcorn movies that do cut a little bit deeper and do uh, bring out a little bit more, more emotion in their characters. So, um, yeah, that's I, I totally feel you on the, the thinness, and especially with that villain, totally flat, totally flat. Not her performance. Her performance was fine. Carla Souza, I think, did a, a, a admirable job with what she was given. Her, the writing was where it just didn't work for me with that, with the characterization of her. I agree. Action movies can go the distance. Look at the success that Prey is getting, right? With just how how well it was crafted yeah. as, as the as the action thriller that knew what, what it was trying to do. Here, this is definitely more popcorn. You know, enjoy, stream it, laugh, laugh at the at the moments that are both comedic and those some of these kills are are absolutely out, outrageous. That is its strength that it doesn't take itself seriously. It knows that it's it's just for simple, pure fun and enjoyment. And it was focused on the action, those moments, and and making those really interesting. And then the central characters of of Franco and 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 Jamie. I think they had the some of the recipe for for that fun, successful blockbuster movie in this and i think there's there's more that they can do with those two characters in this world especially with no explanation as to what's going on and why there's vampires and i could be talking out of my butt here but it you know again we've got a stunt coordinator directing the movie and i i'm not you know i, I i'm not saying all of his movies are like that but you look at a lot of their movies like a lot of thin narratives to get from action scene to action scene like you were saying kevin so 
Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's that's just the style of JJ Perry again. Like um, I'm I'm I haven't watched every single movie that that he's done, but I, again, I kind of feel like that could be the case. Well, I also think that uh, it almost feels like they weren't just creating a movie, but they were creating this world that could be revisited. And so yeah. I think they've they've done a great job of laying that groundwork where we've got this world and it's very much the vampire hunter equivalent of the John Wick underground assassin yes. society. Um and and then and so like I'd love to revisit that, get deeper, see what other roles within the institute are, and 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 what the hierarchy there is. Uh, I think there's so much potential. There are characters who, at the end of the film, I would watch them do more, get deeper into this. And I think they even even where the villain was was quite weak in this movie, they kept alluding to a bigger, badder villain that we never got to and almost mm -hmm. was completely irrelevant by the end of this story, but could come back. They've they've already laid that groundwork. We could now go forward and have that next step on the even uh, uh, the other side, the vampire hierarchy. And and so I think at, they were at least successful in making me enjoy my time here enough that I would revisit uh, a further entry. I agree. I think it's the same thing with Army of the Dead, Zack Snyder's zombie Netflix project that has already done a spinoff. It's done a spinoff into uh, Army of Thieves, right? And we're we're building out that world. So could this, we, we know that Netflix has a desire to want to build their own world and their own universe and tell more stories within these, these, these worlds that they're building. So uh, this might be just another avenue again, that they're playing with. Uh, another thing I wanted to mention regarding um, the villain, I will say, I did think that the dialogue for for Audrey, uh, the villain, like there's more than 10 Spanish words in that language. You know what I mean? Like it just feels like they went to like the, the okay, what are the 10 words that we're going to use over and over and over again? Some of them I'm not going to say on this podcast for, for lack of pronunciation ability and uh, just because they're not uh, safe for work. But but some of them I just like, like, why are you just going to that same old 10 words? Like there's more into that language. Like just make her a full Spanish speaking character with subtitles I thought would have been way better of a way to to have her care because she is you know she is uh she was born in mexico city like i think she totally could have done it and would have been better like i just i don't know I, some part of me makes me feel like she's reading this script and just being like okay fine <laughs> like i guess i have to say this stuff i don't know it's, it's almost like the writers refused to use google translate but also yes. only remembered a handful of words from grade 10 Spanish class that they took 15 years ago. That's and brutal. so that's what the the dialogue was limited to that range of uh, vocabulary. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think, um, you know, not to not to harp too, too much on the writing and, and the character, but certainly the, the, you know, I think the movie would have been that much better if there was a villain worth being afraid of. Uh, maybe that we understood a bit more. I still don't really understand the motives of of what she's no, trying to do. This <laughs> underground <laughs> world of vampires. That's literally all there is, and I don't understand what that means and what the the pros and cons of that would be. Um, so yeah, I do think while certain areas were really well fleshed out, others were really really poorly done. And then I mean, in the middle, I thought. Some of the, the the side characters did a really good job. Uh, Steve Howey, who I know as Kevin from Shameless, I thought 
did uh, a really great job along with uh, Scott Adkins as the Nazarian brothers. I thought they were really, they were really fun in their yeah. in their part. And then uh, even have uh, somebody I always love to see pop up, Peter Stormare, um, as uh, the, Trey, the the pawn shop owner there. It's neat because he's also had a, a, a part to play in uh, the John Wick movies. So certainly why they brought him back there. Um, but yeah, I just think it's yeah. a world where even if those characters aren't brought back, or you know, you could you you could it's a fun enough environment that with with a bit more emphasis on creating characters and dialogue, you could really ins- insert some some fun characters into this world going forward. I, again, we 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 all sort of seem to have different Netflix movies that one of us will like and two of us won't. Like we're we're almost never on the same page uh, when it comes to these Netflix movies. So I'm almost interested to get to the scores just to see if if we are a bit more on common ground with this one than we have been with with certain past entries. So why don't we jump ahead? Uh, I think it's time to get to the pawn shop and collect our moolah. Uh, So let's give our final thoughts and scores, which we'll be doing on a scale of one to five vials of plucked out fangs. Yeah, I'll I'll jump in. I think it was, again, it's a popcorn movie. You sit down, you turn your brain off, you have fun. Look at the other movies that this director has done, and that's going to give you a good sense of kind of what you're, you're looking at. I mean, I think... To to some of the aspects of the movie, I mean, I think there's other movies that have done a better job. I think Zombieland is a better movie. I think Deadpool is a better, uh, you know, sort of overall action movie of a movie that goes from, you know, action scene to, to stuff in the middle than action scene. Uh, but I do think that the highlight of this movie absolutely is the creativity of the choreography there are kills in this movie that will make you giggle and laugh that I still honestly am thinking about after watching the movie and that's the lasting impression that I've gotten from it I do think that uh, Dave Franco and Jamie Foxx have a great chemistry and they're doing everything they possibly can for the script and for the characterization of their characters but it's for me it just wasn't enough to to really pull me through this movie and enjoy it as much as I, I think I could have. And I, I also think the, sh- the movie has a bit of a lack of style where there could have just been something a little bit more unique because I think the world building is unique. I give them props for dropping us into this world. That's fantastic. Um, and I want to see more of the world, which I think speaks to the, the creativity of sort of how they, they establish uh, what's going on in the movie. But I just, it's just the characters and the overall plot and the pacing just really fell flat for me. Um, and again, I think you got to have a good villain with these things. I think that's some of the most fun aspects of these cheesy popcorn action movies is having a dope villain. And I really didn't get that um, from from Audrey in this one. If, you, if you're just looking for a movie to sit down, turn your brain off and, and have a few giggles uh, and watch some really fantastic action choreography... Um, yeah, you, you could watch this movie, I guess. I'm giving it three out of five vials of plucked out fangs. It was, uh, it was, it was aight. Interesting. Nice. How about yourself, Jess? Yeah, no, I, I was actually surprised by this movie. It is tons of fun. It, it has really exciting action sequences that are very creative, like you said, Nate, very unique. Uh, they make you giggle and laugh and, and they definitely have stuck with me. Um, 
the the cool part about this movie is it's not inventive it's not original it, it's very much a, a riff and a take on what we've already seen but it has jamie fox and dave franco uh as these characters who you're right nate for, for lack of writing they did the best that they could with their character and and they did the best of what they could do with this story um but they they definitely do shine in, and it makes it it makes it fun in this world with vampires, um, and it's enough to like. I think just check it out. Like I, I honestly think you should check it out. It's it's tons of fun, and uh, yeah, I dug it. So I'm gonna give it three point five vials uh, of plucked fangs. Nice. Uh, yeah. I mean, I won't I won't harp on it too hard here, but I do think. You know, when you when you're talking about a a breezy popcorn, sit down for two hours, turn your brain off kind of movie, this is all I expect. I'm not looking for yeah. Shakespearean levels of character development and 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 whatnot. Uh, I just want to have fun. And though I do think that the writing, the, this type of movie was definitely made by people who are more going, okay, we've got this kill and this kill in mind. How do we get from one to the next right. and then bridge the next scene where we're going to do these other really cool kills? And I do think that if they were to go forward with the franchise, to find a, a, a writer who could jump in and just help flesh out these characters with a bit more definition and and dialogue that would enhance their screen time when they're not kicking ass in really fun ways, I think that would only help the movie. Um, you know, and so I... I I do think it, it struggles a little, and that's never more apparent than with the villain. I think you could only ever make a better villain going forward. You know, this is kind of like the opposite of The Gray Man, where it was like, man, I don't know if they'll ever be able to top that movie in terms of the performance from their, their main antagonist here. It's like, I think the the villain in a in a day shift two would only be more in, entertaining and engaging. So I, I mean right. that's a great thing to have going for you, uh, frankly. Um, you know, and I will say that because there wasn't enough development and maybe not enough of a um, a, a real threat and a real strung together idea of what this villain is and what their plan was, the movie almost went from like a vampire equivalent of Men in Black. And it fell very much into the climax of Dusk Till Dawn, which is just a bunch of vampires in a temple getting shot up, um, right. you know. And so that that did fall a little flat. And I do think that at least with the two main characters that were so great together, they deserved a bit b better of a story to sort of work towards the climax. Um, but again, the fights are fun and creative and... And I, I, I just think there's so much potential here that I would definitely strap in and, and go on another uh, trip through sunny California with these vampire hunters. Uh, and as for this one, honestly, if you're looking for dumb fun uh, with some really cool kills, uh, you're not going to find, especially not on Netflix, uh, a better flick, in my opinion. Um, so I'm going to give this one 3.9 out of wow. 5. Vials of plucked out fangs. I might have had to jack that up just a bit to get our our three person average a little bit higher. Um, but no, I, I just I think honestly for what it is, I don't know how you can really really it expect it delivered much more. Uh, you know, I just I just think Netflix Netflix just doesn't have any luck 
when it comes to Nate reviewing their movies. I guess he prefers really poorly reviewed animated films instead. <laughs> but who who knows? Who eats their own? Um, but there you have it. Our spoiler-free review for Day Shift. The movie will be available to stream Into Your Veins on Netflix on August 12th. Thanks for tuning in wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and leave us five stars. Or we might just have to get out the old steel fishing wire. Works every time. After checking out the movie, we'd love to know, did you enjoy it or did you think it sucked? Let us know at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or if you're less of a juvenile and more of an uber, you can also hit us up on Twitter at GeekcentricYT and on Instagram at WeAreGeekcentric. As always, we have plenty of awesome content to check out. Uh, Sorry, this is where I blended mine with yours. Sorry. Uh, As always, uh, keep in mind... Sorry. Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other great episodes covering the latest in movies, TV shows, out now, including our spoiler-free review for the Marvel Studios animated short series, I Am Groot, which is out now for you to listen to, Uh, and all five episodes are currently out to stream on Disney+. Last week was super busy uh, with tons of reviews, including our spoiler-free review for Netflix's Rise of the TMNT, The Movie, which is out now on Netflix. We also have a review for the Apple and Skydance animation flick Luck, which is out now on Apple TV+, as well as our spoiler-free review for the Hulu original film from 20th Century Studio, uh, Prey, which is also out now on Hulu and Disney Plus globally. And finally, we have our spoiler-free review for Netflix's dark thriller series, The Sandman. And if you're hesitant to check out any of these, uh, well, give our reviews a listen before you check them out. And again, feel free to leave a five-star review if you don't mind. Also, we have our weekly show This Week in Geek, where we bring you the latest news and trailer reactions. And coming next week, we start our coverage for Disney Plus's She-Hulk Attorney at Law, for which we'll be doing a weekly watch club, and for which I am extremely stoked. Plus, one last thing to (laughs) note here, stay tuned for our coverage of this year's Fan Expo, which will be emanating live from Toronto. Uh, We are very excited to announce that we got our media accreditation, so we'll be covering the event from a media perspective. Who knows what that means? We certainly don't, uh, but it might be some cool interviews, maybe more. We'll just have to find out, and so will you. Uh, So... Stick around with us and find out towards the end of the month. But until then, as we say, love ya. Get home safe, guys. Peace.